Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. We have a special guest speaker, and we had this plan before we knew Pastor was sick, so we just believe that God knew and had it all worked out. Please pay for Pastor this morning. He's been sick for about a little over a week, I guess now. But we are very blessed to have one of our own. I can't believe, guys, it's been almost a year since you've come to Passion. But this is Derek Sire, and he's going to bring the word this morning, and I want you to give him a Passion welcome as he comes to speak this morning. Oh, good morning, Passion Church. Oh, that was good. That was good. Hey, you know, I come from a, a different, uh, a different uh, background of preaching. And uh, there was very few times that uh, the preacher got up and he stood before the people and he didn't introduce God first. And so I want to take a little bit of time and exalt you, Lord, for who you are. In our lives, God, we know that you are a provider. We know that you are a healer. Oh, God, we know that you are a deliverer. And we could go on and on about the things that you are for us, God. But there's just not enough time. Come on, he said, if I had 10,000 tongues, it wouldn't be enough. If I had 10,000 hands, I couldn't praise them enough. But God, I want to take just a little bit of time before I get up here and preach your word and say thank you. Oh, God, I thank you for everything that you've done in my life for the things that I've seen, for the things that I haven't seen. God, I thank you for your provision, for your protecting hand covering my life. God, I thank you for what you've done, God. Nobody else could have done it but you. God, you are my alpha. Come on, let's take it back old school. He said, you are my omega. He said, you're my beginning and you're my end. Come on, you're my first and you're my last. And God, I want to thank you for everything that you've done. Oh, God, for when I was broken, you put me back together. Oh, God, when I was weak, you made me strong. Oh, when I was hungry, you fed me, God. And I just want to say thank you for just a few seconds out of my busy day. <laughs> I thank you, Lord. And I give you all the honor, and I give you all the praise, and I give you all the glory. In the name of your son, Jesus, that I pray and I say thank you. Amen. <laughs> give an honor to Pastor Steve, who is the senior pastor of this church. Y'all give a round of applause for the senior pastor of this church. His beautiful wife, Julie. For allowing me the opportunity to stand before you today, I promise I won't be long. I know preachers always say that, but I can guarantee you today I will not be before you long. I appreciate it. So we know that this is the time of year uh, that people begin to make uh, resolutions. They begin to make plans for the next year as they reflect over the previous year. And I'm sure that everyone in their time of reflection will look back over their, their year and see there are some things that they should have done that they did not do. That's just the canning knack of human beings. 
We say we're going to do something. We try to do it. We mean to do it. A lot of times we do. A lot of times we don't. But as we look back, uh, we realize there's some, some crucial things that we may have left out of our, our year. Uh, some people might forget to pray. They start out the year praying, God, I'm going to pray harder this year. I'm going to pray longer, stronger. In Jesus' name, I'm praying now. You pray before you ate, pray before you went to sleep. Filling up your tank, you're praying. Maybe that's just me. Before you buy groceries as you're swiping that card, you're praying. Maybe that's just me. As you're writing that tithe check, <laughs> maybe that's just me. But I prayed over everything. I prayed hard and I prayed long. And as the year went along, things happened. And my focus on prayer, it began to slip. What about tithing? We, we somehow manage when we don't have a lot of money, that we want a lot of money, and we believe that if we stay faithful in our tithe, that God will bless us. And so we tithe on that little. But in the process of our faithfulness, God blesses us with more money. And as a result, our tithe gets a little bigger. <laughs> and we start seeing that check get larger, and it becomes a little bit more difficult to write. And as we look back, we figure out somehow I've gotten more money, but I can't pay my bills because I've forgotten the tithe. I'm talking about things that we start out with at the beginning of the year that we hope to continue. Some people start out praying strong. They let it go. Some people start out tithing. God, come on, I want to bless you with my best fruit. And somehow it fades along the way. Now, while some of these may be our fault, we can also look back over time and realize that it's some things that we can't take credit for. I'm talking about the, 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 the enemy coming in and putting his hands on your possessions. If I was a director, I would say, cue enemy. He would walk in on the stage, he would put his hands over all your stuff, and he would take it. And we know that that's not his job. In fact, it's already been paid for. That's why it's ours. He has no right to take it. He has no access to take it unless we give it to him. And so when I think about all these things that we've planned and somehow we fail to follow through, it reminds me that Jesus warned us of this. Now, some of you may have Bibles, you don't. Know, I like to hold my Bible. Uh, it reminds me, it makes me feel more holy when I do. For some reason, having a Bible on my hip makes me feel like a Christian. But for the sake of technology, and Pastor Steve does it, I have this verse on here, it's John 10 and 10. If you want to go there, it says, The thief only comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Somebody say abundance. Say it's mine. A lot of times people don't believe that God has these great things in store for us. They believe that it's part of life that we would struggle. And while he says many of the afflictions of the righteous, there's a but I may have, I, I, I have come that you may have life. I deliver you from them all. I love those. And, and sometimes I, I, I wonder because it looks as though the struggles outweigh my blessings that the enemy has a particular interest in my life. 
I think, out of over 5 billion people in this earth, why did you come all the way from the pits of hell to come to my life and mess with my stuff? You went out of your way. You passed 5 billion other people and decided to mess with my stuff. And it's real simple. It's because you have something that he wants. Now, let me tell you how trifling, that's, maybe that's a different word. Let me tell you how wrong the enemy is. It's not even that he wants it. He just don't want you to have it. Have you ever seen a kid playing with a toy? And it's another toy over here. And they're not even paying attention to that toy until somebody else wants it. And then they see somebody else go pick it up. And all of a sudden, they got this grand interest in that toy. And they drop everything that they have to go pick this toy up. It's not even that they want it. They just don't want them to have it. This is how the enemy works. He don't want joy. He don't want to be happy. He don't want your righteousness. He don't want to be right. He just don't want you to have it. The word I like to use is trifling. Maybe that's not appropriate for this, this atmosphere. I hope you guys can relate. Now, the, the thing about the enemy is that he'll do anything to get it. He wants your, your happiness. He wants to steal your dreams. He wants to steal your hopes. But the thing about it is that you have to realize is that the enemy wants to steal it because it has value. You know, I, I, from time to time when I was young, I took stuff that wasn't mine. But I wouldn't take trash. I would take stuff. I would take stuff. Took stuff. I would take stuff that somebody else thought was valuable. It may have been three cents. may have been $5. They wanted it. I didn't pay for it. I took it because I wanted it. It had value to me. I'm going to go ahead and go through these. The next point is that he, he, he wants to kill you. He wants to kill it because you have potential. The next one, I'm going to get him out the way. He wants to destroy it because it's a threat. Now, I love the way that, 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 that God has given me this knack. It's not unique. I love the way that I see it. You read a verse that says, uh, the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Um, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. I love to, to think about it. Why would he steal it? Because he wants it. I'll take it back. He don't want it. He don't want me to have it. But why does he want it? Because it's valuable. Why is he trying to kill it? It has potential. Why is he trying to destroy it? Because it serves as a threat. Now, you may think, I don't have value. Or maybe you do. You just don't know how much value you have. But I'm here to remind you that you are wonderfully and fearfully made. That you may doubt it, but it's true. That your entire life is what the devil wants. He doesn't want a piece of it. He wants the whole thing. Because he knows what you look like walking in abundance. Can you imagine a church walking around in prosperity and not lack? Can you imagine the sharing that would take place? Can you imagine how people would just skip along in happiness? It looks weird, right? Because people don't skip. Oh, people don't skip because they're, they're happy. Very rarely do you see someone skip because they're happy. Matter of fact, we feel bad for feeling happy sometimes. You ever been around some people that don't have money? And you come into some money, and you kind of feel bad for having it? It's like, man, God blessed me with all this, and they ain't got none. You feel like maybe you want to give it away. You could, but you like, I ain't had money in a long time. 
You know, maybe you get a steak. You're like, man, it's been a long time since I had a steak. You know, somebody wants some steak. You're like, man, I wish I could, but I ain't had steak in a long time. Steak tastes good. I need it. I want it. Come on. It's part of my, 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 my prosperity. God blesses me in steak, not money. But as you begin to see this life, so, so wait a minute. So while you were out in the world and you weren't living according to the purpose that God had for you, he wasn't messing with you. But the moment you begin to open your eyes and see that God has something more for you, that he told you that the enemy is going to come, he's going to steal, he's going to kill, and he's going to destroy, but I have for you abundant life, you begin to step back and you say, wait a minute, you telling me I don't have to live broke? Then you get the enemy's attention because he didn't have you the whole time thinking you got to live in lack. I grew up in a neighborhood where nobody had nothing. Matter of fact, nobody had, nobody had nothing to the point where nothing was normal. It was normal. Hey, man, what you going to eat today? I don't know. Me neither. We would share sandwiches, <laughs> bags of chips. I remember going to the quarter store with a quarter, coming out with five pieces of gum and ten friends. Splitting gum. Oh, here's your half. But what happens is the enemy, he makes us believe that we're supposed to live in lack. So, so you get this vision of God and the prosperity that he has for you. And you say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me I don't have to get sick? You're telling me that I have healing that's already been paid for, that I have access to, but the enemy has it in his hands. You think about the, the things that you go through, the struggles that you have, the fights that you have. And after you realize that I don't have to fight, I can literally sit back and rest in the peace of God, and he desires to fight those battles for me. When you begin to see life in this manner, it takes it a totally different way. But the enemy wants it so that you can operate in life. We think about Job. We're reminded of Job. Job was a good guy. The um, Bible considered him righteous, said he didn't do anything um, uh, bad. I'll say bad. I said trifling last time. Bad before God. Uh, you know, and it's not that um, Job, um, you know, not that his garden didn't grow weeds. You know, it's not that Job didn't kick his cat. It's not that Job didn't argue, you know, with his wife sometimes. It's not like Job maybe was late paying for a cow. You know, he, Job was a normal dude. But it, but it said that he was righteous before God. But what happens is that when you live this life, the enemy gets a view. It's amazing how other people can see stuff about us that we can't see about ourselves. People are trying to tell you you're beautiful. You're like, I'm ugly. Like, girl, you look good. No, I'm fat. It's like, come on, you're tall. No, I'm not. I'm short. You're right. You're short. But I was trying to speak growth into your life. You, you constantly say you don't have anything, but yet you have the world. I try to put things into perspective when I, there used to be this show called Cribs. Anybody watch Cribs? Come on. See, he said, in Jesus' name. Come on, I need a crib. Come on, come on, come on. I used to watch this show, and I used to see all these different things that they had. Big boats, big houses, big cars. This person had a lake in their backyard. It's not a pond. It was a lake in their backyard. They lived on a lake. It was amazing. And then I turned the TV off, sit on my 10-year-old couch, and look around.
Ooh, Jesus. Didn't realize that I had been married. I'll be celebrating my 11th anniversary in January. I got two kids that are healthy. Come on, I just paid off some debt. Ha! I shot over little stuff. You say you made a mistake? Ha! But when we look at these things, we begin to look at life a different way. You begin to look at the garden different when you believe that weeds are a part of the process. You begin to look past the weeds and see the fruit. Anybody that, that, that has gardened before, they come out, they see weeds, they don't be like, dang, my garden is ruined. They just pick the weeds out. So when you think about the way the enemy is trying to change our perspective about life, if we can look past sickness, if we can look past lack, if we can look past all the things that we don't have and look what God has in store for us, it'd be an amazing journey that we walk. We walk more encouraged, more empowered. We'd be able to exhort people along the way. It's amazing what happens when your perspective changes. A lot of times we focus on the beginning of John 10 and 10, and it begins to scare us. We say, the enemy is coming. He's going to steal my stuff. He said he's going to kill me. He's going to destroy me. But that was just a precursor to God's deliverance. You know, I told my wife, I said I wasn't going to say this, but, uh, you know, there's something about big butts in the Bible. Go stay with me. She looking. I'm saying when you, <laughs> she's shaking her head, she's shaking her head. But when I see a butt in the Bible, to me it symbolizes a changing, a switch, that it tells you this but usually on the other end of but is God. I love it because you look at this verse and it starts out pretty bleak. Talking about killing, talking about stealing, talking about destroying but you miss the life, and not only life, but life more abundantly on the other end. I looked up this word abundance. It means to literally ooze and overflow in excess. It talks about, you know, we, we have these verses that we like to quote, exceedingly, come on, abundantly, more than I could imagine, dream of, think, fathom, come on, draw, sketch, anything that I could imagine, he's going to do exceedingly Abundantly, come on, press down, shaking together, run it over. Come on, Jesus. This is the type when we, when we look at these and we, we tend to isolate those and not apply them to everywhere the Bible talks about abundance. I'm talking about more than you need. Can you imagine being too happy? You know, I used to get mad at too happy people. They're almost annoying. You ever pull up to like a drive-thru and it's like, thank you for choosing McDonald's. Uh, how may I pleasure you today? It's like, hold up, I'm ordering food. Or you, you, you come across somebody that just is so eager to meet you. It's like, calm down. Don't be so happy. Why are you so happy? You're trying to figure out why they're so happy. What happened to you? What God do to you? I want to be happy like that. But, you can't, but I can't. Yes, I can but when I think about um, this, this perspective that we have, I think about how, how God knew. He told us a long time ago, by way of a conversation uh, uh, with, with his disciples, that things would come, but he would deliver us. To not get caught up in the lack, 
but to look past it and focus on the abundance. And I think that when we think about walking according to the will of God, I think about all the things that he paid for that I promise you he won't let them go to waste. I'm talking about the, 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 the peace, the comfort, the righteousness, all these things that he paid for with his blood. You know, when I, think of, when I take my kids out to eat, um, I have this complex about you not wasting my food. I pay for that. You're going to eat it. If I have to take it home in a to-go box, you're going to eat it for dinner. I'm not hungry right now. You said you was hungry. We at the restaurant. I paid for it. You're going to eat it. Appreciate you. I think about the same thing when God has paid for all these wonderful gifts, all these wonderful blessings. Come on, I feel like he's going to line them out in our path, that he's going to make sure that, that you have to go out of your way to elude his blessings for your life. Matter of fact, if you walk according to his will, I believe that you can't help but like stumble over his blessings that he has for your life. And, and the more you begin to pick these up on the way, then you'll look back and all those blessings that you've been gathering according to the will and purpose of God will begin to snowball. And as they begin to snowball, they will overtake you and he'll put somebody in your life that needs needs exactly what you have. Because abundance isn't just for us. It's meant for everybody else around us. I refuse to believe that Christ would have sat on all his power, even though everybody knew he had it. Can you imagine? You ever had somebody like that, that you ask them for some gum, and you know they got 10 pieces of gum in their purse, but they don't ever want to? How is it that people always end up chewing the last piece of gum. Isn't that amazing? I see you chewing some gum. You got some gum? Nope. You just waited to eat the last piece so that people can see you eat it, so that they can ask you, so that you can say you don't have it. I'm always amazed at the people who have the last chewing on the last. This is my last piece, man. I show one to give to you. But I, I, I often wonder if God doesn't give us the things that we seek for, that we desire, because he knows we won't share them. You know, I, I, I had to, to, to pray uh, to the Lord real, real hard one day. I said, God, so I talk to God sometimes, God, in my private time, I need to talk to you about this lottery. <laughs> you know how many churches I could bless? With this $385 million, that's a $38.5 million tithe. You start doing stuff. God, I'll pay for people's college. And, man, come on, I'm going to go get cribs. <laughs> come on, the Bible says he knows your heart. <laughs> Say abundance. Say it's mine. Oh, man, I think we don't believe it sometimes, and so it affects the way that we go throughout life. If you, if you, you got this, this progression that God has called you to walk, and you got to walk it out, and, and, and I promise you, if you walk it out, that you'll stumble over the things that he has planned for you. You know, when I tell my kids to go do something, I don't send them with a, uh, an empty purpose in mind. I don't say, hey, uh, go turn the TV on for me. And they get over there and there's no TV. Ha, I got you. That's not fun for neither one of us. <laughs> I want the TV on. 
they want to make daddy happy. When I think about these different things, the way that we see life, the way that we see abundance, the way that we see prosperity, the way that we see provision, I get excited when I think of what's on the other side of this wall. A, a, a runner stands at the finish line and he sees, or stands at the beginning line and sees the finish line. All the sweat and the cramping and the muscles burning and people all around him and the noise and the whistles. He blocks all those things out, not that they don't exist, but he blocks them out in order to get to the finish line. I think a lot of times we don't see it. And if we see it, we don't believe it. Now you can tell when a kid wants something. I use my kids a lot when I preach. I love them. Um, I, I can listen to my kids uh, in a different room and I can hear the conversations that they're having. And I heard uh, uh, my daughter was playing with a toy and my son came in and said, hey, what are you doing with that? She said, I'm playing with it. He said, that's not yours. That's mine. He was able to identify what was his. I think a lot of times, I know a lot of times, we don't know what is ours and what's not. And so we chase all these false hopes and dreams. I'm chasing cribs when I'm not supposed to be. It'd be nice if that was my dream. I'm chasing the lottery. I, would, I didn't really buy a lottery ticket, y'all. That's just an example. But we, t we think about all these things that we don't know if they're ours. This has to do with our communication with God. We have to get familiar with him enough to know what he has planned for our life. Otherwise, we're just kind of walking around life, doing this thing, trying to fill it out. We don't know if it's right. We don't know if it's wrong. But I'm praying in Jesus' name, so I hope it comes to pass. We're not asking according to his will. We're not seeking out the plan that he has specifically for us. The Bible said, what's for me is just for me, nobody else. doesn't matter what anybody else does. If I walk according to the plan of God, then I'll find it. He'll give it to me. I'll have to walk it out, but he'll give it to me. I think there are, um, there are some of us here today who we've been fighting this fight. We've been trying to figure out what's ours. The enemy has stole from us. He's tried to kill our character. He's tried to destroy our hope. He, 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 he's literally launched a full-out attack because he can see what you're going to be. We have to embrace what God is doing in our lives. And with that struggle, there's going to come some weeds in our garden. It may come with some sickness in our family. You may have to eat a bologna sandwich or two. But the good thing about it is that on the other end of our struggle is abundance. We have to focus on abundance. And it's, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about everything that God has in store for you. I think people, when they hear abundance and prosperity, they think dollar signs and coins, and they think stuff that I can grab and put on and eat and sleep in and wear. But, but, but God is talking about a lifestyle. 
that doesn't include lack. That if, that if sickness is there, he's bringing you through it. We're talking about uh, the, the repairing of relationships. We're talking about uh, him making every crooked place straight, every high place made low. We're talking about him seeing the innermost broken parts of your heart and your soul. And if you absolutely surrender to what he wants to do, he's going to make you love in abundance. Come on, there are people with broken and hardened hearts who don't feel anymore, who don't trust anymore. They don't open up anymore. They're hardened to the things of this world, and that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to be filled with compassion. He wants us to give of ourselves to everyone else the same way he gave to us. And the reason he's going to make sure that we're provided for is so we can accomplish that task. You can't give away money if you don't have money. You can't feed nobody if you don't have food. People that are sick, you can't minister so, to someone as effectively as someone else who hasn't been sick. You're able to minister out of your pain. You're able to preach. You'll be able to pray. You'll be able to touch people, to interact based on the things that he's brought you through. I think a lot of times we try to shed away from this growing process. We try to shed away from this growing process. And God has ordained our steps. He knows exactly where you're going. He's not confused. We're confused. We need to seek and find the mind of God in everything that we do. Because when you line up, when you walk according to his purpose and his plan, there's nothing but abundance there for you. I honestly believe that if you walk, I literally have this, this, this vision of God planting things. Have y'all ever seen, y'all, how many play Pac-Man? Y'all know Pac-Man, all he do is open his mouth. And if he stays on the path, come on, he's eating it all up. I'm talking about some human Pac-Man <laughs> that, are, that are walking and literally everywhere they go, there's something there that God has placed in their path that they're going to be able to use it, that they're going to be able to acquire it and apply it not only to the lives, but to the lives of people around them. We're not here just for us. We're here for other people. We're not just here for us. We're here for other people. We're supposed to be loving on people. Come on, we, out, out of uh, the abundance of our heart, we're supposed to, 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 to spread the gospel and tell people about Jesus and love on them. It doesn't matter what they're going through. God has placed in the body provision for those people. My story's not the same as his. My story's not the same as hers. Hers isn't the same as hers. But collectively, we provide a tool case to work on people. I don't want to call y'all screwdrivers and flatheads. That's essentially what we are, though. We're a collective body. And the enemy is going to try to destroy you. He's going to try to kill you. Come on, I heard an old preacher say, he should have killed me when he had me. Come on, when I was laying in the hospital bed, he should have destroyed me. 
Come on, I'm not going to do it. Watch out, dang. Please stand to your feet. I think that there are some people, I know there are some people in here that are fighting. You are fighting for your life. Oh, you are scrapping and clawing and reaching and trying to hold on. You don't really know what God has planned for you. You may not even know what abundance looks like. But I'm here to tell you that it's in your path as long as you walk according to the will of God. God, I thank you for your moving hand. I thank you for your provision. God, I thank you for the walk. And I thank you for the struggle that makes us stronger. God, I thank you for the trials that we lift to make our muscles bigger. God, and I thank you that on the end of these trials and these tribulations, that there is abundance. God, I thank you for abundance right now. Come on, I thank you for happy people all over the sanctuary. I thank you for people that are filled with joy, that seek your righteousness. God, I thank you for people that are, that are going to report stories of healing. God, I thank you for reports of deliverance. God, I thank you for people that are literally going to chase after you. They're going to seek your face. They're going to press to touch the hem of your garment. God, I thank you for people that will thirst and that will crave for your touch, God. Because in your presence, there is fullness of joy. God, I thank you for what you're doing here today. God, I thank you for a group of people that love you, that adore you. God, that will be determined to lift you high, higher above every situation or circumstance. That they'll look past their sickness and they'll see your hand. They'll look past their lack and they'll see your face, God. We thank you, Lord. But we know that the enemy will come and he will try to steal. And that he will try to kill. And he will try to destroy, God. But it's not his. You pay for it with your blood, God. And so we thank you that it's ours. That we reach up and we grab it. And we put it in our pockets. Come on, we put it in our wallets. We put it in our purses, God. That we'll take it with us every step of the way. And the more we walk according to your will, the more you'll have in our path. And we'll begin to hoard it, God. And we'll begin to distribute it to everyone that you place in our lives. Oh, God, and because we know that you're faithful to your word, we won't doubt it, but we'll believe it. We'll anticipate it. We'll go around looking with our hands open, with our eyes open, with our arms open. Looking for your blessing, God, in every person, in every situation, at our jobs, at our homes, God. When we drive, we'll look for opportunities, God, to receive what you have for us in our lives. We love you, God. Oh, God, we need you. We want you, God. There's no other place we'd rather be than in your perfect, in your matchless will. We thank you, Lord. And we seal it on both ends with amen and amen. Give them praise. God, we thank you. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 